Listening to sermons as we go about our days, driving around or doing our work, is a perfect reminder of our Lord's promises and of His mercies. This is the mission of Upper Room Media. To make the Word of God accessible to anybody and everybody. Today's Gospel, as I said, this Gospel comes to us every year during Thanksgiving week, but the reason it comes to us during Thanksgiving week is we are right now in the third Sunday of the month of Hatur. Okay, remember we talked about the calendar before? Who remembers what the first month of the Coptic calendar is? Tut. Okay, it's very easy to remember. Tut is the first one. And then the second month is? Baba. Baba. So just like the, the, the elephant with an H at the end instead of R. Okay, and then the third month that we are in now is? Hatur. Okay, that's how I remember it. Hatur. And then Hatur leads us into the next month, which is a very famous month, which is Kiyak. And Kiyak is all about the incarnation of Christ. Okay, every month has its own kind of themes to it. So the next month is all about the incarnation of Christ, Christ coming into this world, God taking flesh. This month is to prepare us for that month. Okay, so this month is to prepare us for the incarnation of Christ. That's why, if you remember the last two Sundays, what was the gospel of the last two Sundays? Like, we're going to look at today's gospel in a what does it mean to me kind of a way. Like, we're going to get to there. I promise you, the personal, the spiritual, like, we're going to get there. But let's start from a macro level is like, what, where, where, like let's look at it from a Christ-centered perspective. Where is Christ in this, in the macro picture of salvation? Because everything has a macro and a micro. So the last two Sundays were all about what? The parable of the sower with the seeds, okay? And that parable is all, look at it from a Christ-centered perspective, a macro perspective, an incarnational perspective. It's all about a man planting a seed into some soil to bear fruit. A man planting seed into a soil to bear fruit. The man is, well, what the scripture, what it told us last week, what's the seed? The Word of God, that's what it said last week. The seed is the Word of God. Word of God with a capital W means what? Exactly. So who is the man who's planting the seed? Is God the Father is planting His Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, into the earth. Into the earth. He's planting His Son into the earth and He's hoping that the seed will bring forth fruit. And unfortunately, as we saw the last two weeks, the statistics are not in our favor, is that 75% of the time when the Lord was planted, it did not bear fruit. And that matches with what the Gospels tell us, is that when Jesus left this earth, not many people followed him. Not many people believed and didn't bear much fruit, okay? So those Gospels are very clear. That's God the Father planting his son and hoping that the earth receives him, humanity. How about today's Gospel? Where do we see Christ macro level, incarnation? Tell me who this describes. If anyone comes to me, okay, Jesus said today, three, there was three criteria Jesus said about being his disciple. Okay, the one, like I said, is hate your family. And we know it doesn't mean hate your family. It means that in relation to your love for God, everything else is hate. So number one was don't be attached to your family. Don't be overly connected to your family. Seek God, even if it hurts you, and the ones that you love so much, you have to leave the ones that you love so much. Second one, whoever does not blank cannot be my disciple. 
carry the cross does not, cannot be my disciple. And then the third one at the end, anyone who does not blank all that he has cannot be my disciple. Forsake all that he has. So tell me, who is the one who left his father and his home and was willing to let go of his father to carry his cross and forsake all that he had? It's Jesus. So this is not just a us message. Like, the reason the church is giving this to us, Jesus never asked us to do anything he didn't himself do. Jesus never asked us to do anything he himself didn't do. I think it'll be next week, I'm not sure. I think the Pauline next week or the first week of Kiak. I don't remember exactly which one. It's from 2 Corinthians chapter 9, and it tells us about he who was rich for our sakes became poor, that we through his poverty might become rich. And that's a passage about giving. It's a passage about giving, financial giving, like tithing. Because Jesus never asked us to do anything he himself didn't do. Is that he who was rich gave up his riches so that we who were poor could have his riches. So it's the same thing right here. We look at this and say, Jesus, this Thanksgiving week, cool it a little bit. Like, this is a hard gospel. This is like, this sounds like a Good Friday gospel. Like, carry your cross. Like, why carry your cross now? It's Thanksgiving. Why hate your family? It's, it's, it's fun. It's, it's holidays. Like, it's Christmas music week. Like, this is the week, this is the week of Christmas music and the Christmas lights. How many people put up the Christmas lights already? Anybody? Y'all are very, I'm glad my daughter's not here because she was nagging all weekend to put up the lights. And I'm like, I don't have time to think about it. Like, we have plenty of time. So she, so you guys put up your Christmas. It's happy. It's, it's, it's watching uh, Christmas movies. It's Elf. Elf is on every time you turn on the TV these days, okay? So everyone's happy except Jesus. Jesus is in a very bad mood because Jesus starts off by saying, you have to hate. You have to bear your cross. You have to forsake all. Why? Because that's what Christmas is all about. Christmas is not about Jesus asking us to do anything that he himself hasn't done. He forsook his family. He forsook his home. He forsook all that he had to carry the cross for us. That's the macro level. For me, where do I fit in there? <clears throat> Anyone paid attention to the reading of Vespers last night. Anyone paid attention? I know very few people came to Vespers. That's okay. Well, let, you know you don't have to go to Vespers to read the Gospel of Vespers. Okay, that was like back in the Stone Ages when we didn't have the apps in our hand. Or we didn't have, we just had those funny calendars that we never figure out the right date on those things. But you know you don't have to be at Vespers. So anyone know what Vespers Gospel was? If you missed Vespers Gospel, like you punished yourself if you missed Vespers Gospel. Because Vesper's Gospel is one of the best in all the world. It's Matthew chapter 11, verse 25 to 30. Anyone know Matthew chapter 11, verse 25 to 30? Come to me, all you who are heavy labor, laden, labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The part of it that love, that every time I read this, come to me, you are heavy laden, labor and heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lonely in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. That word rest, tell me what you want for Christmas. Tell me you want this gadget, tell me you want a new car, tell me you want a new phone, tell me you want new shoes, tell me you want new kids, like tell me what it is that you want for Christmas. Put all that on one side. 
And then I put it on this side. Rest. Is there anybody in the world who doesn't want rest? But doesn't that sound like a dream right now? Is rest. And not just a nap. But when God says rest, it's like the world gives us food, but when God gives us food, it's food. The world gives us pleasure, but when God gives us pleasure, it's real pleasure. Like the world is just imitation, but God is the real deal. So you can get a nap, you can get, you know, a, a sick day off of work. Like Father Abraham has a sick day off of work today. Okay. <laughs> but rest, true rest, like there's something inside that word. And believe it or not, because you have two gospels. One talking about carry your cross, forsake all, and die. Another one talking about I want to give you rest. Believe it or not, the two are actually the same. Explain that to me. How can it be? Carry the cross. Forsake all that you have. Sounds like a lot of work. But Jesus is saying, do what I'm telling you to do, and you will find rest. How? It's Thanksgiving. It's a light Sunday. My voice is tired. Help me out here. Let's go class participation. How? What's the connection? There's always a connection. What's the connection? Huh? Okay. We'll always be chasing after things that never actually satisfy us. Okay. What else? Like, let's just take this gospel right here. We'll leave the, 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 the Luke 14. We'll go to this Matthew 11. It says, I will give you rest. The next word after I will give you rest was what? Take my yoke. I will give you rest. Take my yoke. The end of the next verse, I'm gentle and lowly in heart. You will find rest for your soul. You will, you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So every time Jesus says rest, he follows it up by saying yoke. What's a yoke? Is yoke work or not work? Yoke is work. Yoke is, is heavy. Yoke is burdensome. Like, it should say, uh, take my couch upon you. Okay? Take my sofa bed. Take my air mattress. Okay, that's what it should say. And then that makes sense. You'll find rest. Here's a hammock. That's what it should say. But Jesus says, you want rest? We're like, yes, we want rest. We're tired. We want rest. We want rest. Here's a yoke. Not logic. Explain to me how a yoke can be rest. Just so you know, even though my voice is tired, that's not going to stop me from talking a long time. <laughs> I can keep going right here. It's getting, it affects me when I'm up here praying a little bit. It hurts a little bit. But this, this can keep on going. This never runs out. In case you're wondering, when does he run out of gas? There's no run out of gas. Okay. We're EV charging right here. We're good to go. How can yoke be rest? Somebody help me out with that. Yoke is the opposite of... Like if I'm a servant and I'm in the field, yoke, you know, yoke is that thing that goes on the two oxes, okay, that ties them together. It's how yoke or how oxes do work in the field. The yoke is the picture of work. And I look at it as when I get to take off my yoke, then I get to rest. And when I'm done resting, I put on my yoke. Jesus says, no, it's the opposite. When you want to rest, you put on the yoke. And when you're done with the yoke, that's when you're going to find real not rest. How can it be? Huh? Okay. You have Jesus is the one that's carrying it for you and yoked with you. Let me ask you a question. Along with this point right here. Let me ask you a question. What's the real rest that we need?
What's the real rest that we need? I need to rest my voice. So what? I need to take, I need to get, I'm getting only seven hours of sleep, I need to get eight hours of sleep. Okay. What's the real rest that we need? The real rest that we need is in here. The real rest that we need. I see a lot of people these days, and I'm, I'm not saying this in a, it's not a, I don't want to, I'm not trying to make it sound like I know everything, but I'm saying I see people who are troubled, really troubled, really troubled inside, carrying stuff, burdened with stuff, chasing stuff, and my heart goes out to them, because I'm not talking about bad people, I'm talking about good people, but not at rest, not at rest, striving, struggling, chasing, not at rest, tormented, I see people tormented, People who, 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 who think that this is the path, and if I get this, and it, they're, they're deceived, and I feel bad, my heart goes out to people. I sat last night for a confession for probably two and a half hours of confessions last night, and I, I just came out thinking, there's so many people who need rest, so many, and I'm the first one, to be honest. You know where rest comes from? Rest comes from me saying, I'm not making any more decisions in this world. I'm not making any more decisions. Jesus, you make the decisions. You make the decisions. Because here and here, I'm not at rest. Because I don't know. And should I or shouldn't I? And I want this, but I kind of want that too. And I really, really, really wish this, but I, I don't know if I can. And that's just woof. I need rest for my soul. And rest for my soul comes when I take, got keys in here. when I take the keys to my life. This is my Hyundai Sonata, but it's close to my life, okay? When I take the keys to my life and say, God, let's do it on the altar better. God, that's it. I can't. You decide. You say, I forsake all that I have. And you want me to give it to the church? I give it to the church. You want me to keep it for my kids? I keep it for my, like, I forsake all that I have. I don't want anything. When I say that, you know what? As much as I love my wife and I love my children and I love my brother and I love my father and I love everyone around me, God, I love you more. And I'll never put anyone above you. And that's hard because I love these people. But I never put anyone above you. Here's the keys to my life. You go. You decide. You tell me where to go. That's when there's rest. Because I'm not driving. I'm not driving. Driving is stressful. Should I go left or should I go right? Should I go forward or should I go backward? Should I go now? Should I pause? Every one of us. And that's what Jesus did. That's what the gospel ultimately was is Jesus, back now to the macro level, says to the Father, not my will be done, but your will be done. I'm gonna miss being up in heaven. It's beautiful up here, but not my will be done. And Jesus was the perfect example. Tell me if you disagree with this. The perfect example of somebody who lived a hard life, but was always at rest. Would you agree or disagree with that sentence? Somebody who lived a hard life, very difficult life, but you never saw him not at rest. Even in the midst of everything that was going on, always at rest. You know, there was this, um, I'm trying to remember this story. There was a, okay, I might miss some of the details here because it's, 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 it's not necessarily there, but there was a competition, some kind of art competition of painting something about peace. Like the peace, something about like the peace of God or something like that. And then there was like this, you know, a river with a whatever, and then like a mountain, then like a cloud, and then a whatever, and all these nice peaceful pictures. But the one that won 
was this picture of a storm, a raging storm, and the clouds and the trees was blowing like this from the wind. People said, how could that one win? What does that have to do with peace? It seems the opposite of peace. But in the corner of the picture, in the back of the picture, in the middle of all that, there was a bird that had its little baby bird under its wing. And it was sitting peaceful as can be. And said, that is the picture of peace. We want the hammock. There's no hammock. We want the sofa bed. No. Peace is in the middle of the raging storm is the person who finds peace. And that only comes when you take the keys and you give it up to Jesus. So I'm gonna hold on to this verse, especially as we approach Christmas season. We wish it's a season of rest, but let's be honest, Christmas season isn't gonna be a season of rest, it never is. It always promises to be an O oh when we get to the holidays, and it promises, but the reality never. The true rest is gonna come from the inside. When I take the keys and I say, Jesus, your yoke, that's my yoke. Repeat after me and then I'm done. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. And I will give you rest. And I will give you rest. You got to say rest like you got to say rest. As we start this fast, you heard the cynic saying we start the fast. Yeah, you know that thing, the fasting, okay? After this past week, we need the fast. Anybody disagree that we need, we need fasting right now? Anybody gets, so this, this, it's fitting that it starts today. As we approach this fast, we're gonna approach it this way. We approach it that we want rest for our souls. The only way to find rest for your souls is to take that yoke upon us. That's what Jesus did. He gave it all up, forsook all that he had, and he found rest. And he not only he found rest, but he became a source of rest for us and for others. And I pray that we too, during this time of fasting, can find the same thing. We come to him with our labor and our heavy laden, give him the keys, and we find his rest from above. Glory be to God forever. Amen. This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God, touched your heart, and we pray that it will not only inform you, but will also transform you and your life with Christ.